gadgets in on Her Majesty's Secret Service, and live and let die. Bullet deflecting watches, expanding gas pellets, safe crackers, can you believe it? And we'll chat about some movie locations visited too. Join us as we welcome Vicki Hodges today as we're cracking the code of these two spy movies. Hi, this is Tom Pizzotto. And Dan Silvestri. Of SpyMovieNavigator.com. Join us each episode of Cracking the Code of Spy Movies. And today we have with us a special co-host, Vicki Hodges from the UK. Yeah. We want to thank SpyCoffees.com for sponsoring part of our show. They have great coffee and you get a 20% discount when you use our secret code, SpyNav, at checkout. SpyNav. Cool. Yeah, this is exciting. We've spoken to Vicki Hodges quite a bit through social media. She's an avid James Bond memorabilia collector and terrific and knowledgeable James Bond movie fan as well as a fan of other spy movies. So we thought we'd bring Vicky in on our podcast show for some fun. So here we go. All right, so let's talk about Honor Majesty's Secret Service and some of the gadgets that were in that film. Now, there's some that are you know, not spectacular, not huge, but they're there. For instance, the Armalite AR-7 rifle that Bond uses in From Russia With Love really makes an appearance here in Honor Majesty's Secret Service when Bond, now George Lazenby, is scoping out Tracy on the beach when she's going to kill herself. Yeah. He uses the scope from that rifle kit. So I think that's kind of cool that they brought that back and made it another little gadget in Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and it's one of the first things we see. Yeah. I think my my favourite gadget, because there isn't many, there's only, there's, there isn't many at all in, in that particular film. There's only about five mm-hmm. or six. It's quite cumbersome, quite big, but I actually like the safe-cracking device stroke photocopier. Yes. <laughs> uh, now, I don't really understand why it is so big, be, um, because in You Only Live Twice, there was a small version that Bond used in that particular film and now suddenly we've gone big again yeah yeah (laughs) well i think in in that particular case it was xerox for instance they had their first desktop plane copier out in 1963 and so the copier part of this little gadget certainly is possible so i mean that was the first one that xerox had out portable kind of portable desktop plane copier and so, you know, that was 63. So, yeah, okay, the part here is believable. Why is it so big? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good, good question. It does, I think they just needed it to be able to do something with the crane. <laughs> yeah, but isn't it also part of the, the safe cracking mechanism? Isn't yes. It? So, yeah. well, so who knows how big the, that has to be? <laughs> well, it's just the Q's always talking about the miniaturizing everything. So, yeah. and then suddenly we've got this huge, yeah. <laughs> huge thing that gets craned in. Yeah. That, I just I, think it's a great scene in a great film. <laughs> yeah. I love this film too. This is one of my favorite Bond films. And I wish yeah, Lazenby top, would have done more. Yeah. Yeah. Top five. I think it's number five in my top five. There you go. All right. I think it's definitely in my top five. And I love the story. I love Diana Rigg in it. And I think George did a good job. He gets a lot of criticism for not being a great actor. I think he did a great job. He brought that emotional dimension, too. Yeah. I couldn't have seen Sean going through the emotional uh, turmoil at the end of the film. Yeah. I think George just played it just right. Yeah, George did play it right. And Connery had a few moments when he looked remorseful, like when... 
Quarrel got killed, and when Jill Masterson's sister, Tilly, Tilly, Tilly yeah, when Tilly yeah. got killed, he looks. You, you see that one or two seconds on his face where he's like, uh, "That's you know where he's sad." But yeah, I think he would have had a hard time pulling this off in here. Now you also have in Honor Majesty's Secret Service Bond kind of making MacGyver type gadgets <laughs> in his room there when he's trying to get out it. <laughs> at Peace Gloria when he's trying to get out of his room and it's of course electrified and he can't open the door from the inside he does that little gizmo he makes with the was like a letter opener or something and then mm-hmm. an eraser where he won't get electrocuted because he could hold the rubber part of the eraser and slide it up under the door to get in and out of there so it's kind of like okay that's a fun little gadget and <laughs> on the spot so all right what else there's the lint isn't there yes in that, which is which is a strange, it's a strange yes. gadget. It is. <laughs> oh, the lint you said. Lint, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, that's a little weird, but yeah. But what the hell? <laughs> yeah, we'll Q, go with it. <laughs> Q, Q is very creative and really insightful in producing gadgets that Bond may need in that very caper he's on. <laughs> yeah, which is to always give him exactly what he needs. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty damn good at that. Yeah. And, and you know when Q passes these things over to him that yes he's going to need that later on in the film and you're just yeah. waiting for him to use it yeah yeah yeah, yeah there are situations play out <laughs> yeah there are a few gadgets that Q makes that uh, Bond he doesn't really use in the films and stuff I, I know that there's a few here and there but in in this one he's using well, Q didn't make very many for this I mean, you got the the Minox miniature spy camera which of course yeah. you know hey that that was that was a real camera that was developed in 1937 by this guy Walter Zapp, and so hey, there you go. It it wasn't a gadget gadget. It was a real gadget. It was a real thing. So hey, yeah, uh, it's okay. <laughs> it makes you wonder whether they might might as well have used that though earlier on in the film instead of using the photocopier. Yeah, because yeah, you know you got a miniature <laughs> camera. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because I, I thought maybe he was sending the documents. Well, no, he wasn't sending the documents. He, just, he yeah. was just <laughs> shooting mm-hmm. them through there and copy them. Yeah, a little camera would have been good. They had those around since 1937. I mean, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, you didn't have the safe cracking gadget. That uh, so that's part of that whole gizmo, isn't yeah. it? So that's you right, don't know yeah. how much space yeah. that takes. That takes a lot of space <laughs> at that time. <laughs> took, a lot. <laughs> took a lot of space. Anyway, I think the biggest gadget in here is Blofeld's gift to the allergy graduates, the vanity kit. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. which includes what a long range walkie talkie, some kind that, of device. That, that just kind of was like, wow, how is he going to pull that off? How's that going to work? Yeah. Deadly viruses and more. It was a nice Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although its description is really kind of high tech the way he's talking about it and what it will do there's really not much high tech looking about this kit when they open it and would it work at the time probably not but as we know because we've done our research things like this have happened in the real world and there was an experiment well the army the u.s army denies it but they were screwing around with chemical stuff Anyway, we talk about it in our real world podcasts as well. So they did this experiment at this Dugway Proving Grounds in Utah, one of our states. 
and some malfunctioning spraying nozzle caused a toxic chemical to be released. Whoa, sounds like Blofeld. Yeah, really. (laughs) (laughs) And over 30 miles away, 6,000 sheep were found dead. So, okay, so Blofeld kind of wants to wipe out the animal and vegetation stuff in the world, right? So here in 1968, in the U.S., the Army, who denied any responsibility for this, actually did this accidentally. So Oops. how far <laughs> off is Blofeld with this? Ah, you know, yeah, could it be believable? I think it could be believable. What do you think? Well, yeah, <laughs> I think any, any of the gadgets that we, we've sort of seen over the years, they've they're, they're all sort of either link or or ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. You know, I think particularly not so much a gadget, but if we look at Tomorrow Never Dies, just in in general, yeah. that that film was ahead of its time. That film is relevant now. Um, yes. So I think that's what Bond brings in a lot of things that are up and coming. Yeah, I think they actually do a very good job at researching what's going on in the world. Mm. Yeah. And wrapping that up into a nice little package in in their films and they've they've always done this they've they've always put things into their films that were happening in the real world for instance in dr no when you see the nice portrait of the duke of wellington in in dr no's lair you know hey most people would look when bond stops and takes a look at that most people would say oh yeah nice picture yeah but if you don't know what it is that's what you'd say but if you know it's the Duke of Wellington and that painting was stolen several years before from the National Gallery in London, <laughs> and now you see it in Dr. Yeah. Lair, now you think, okay, that's kind of cool. So they, they do stuff like that, which is, which is nice. And so, yeah, so, hey, they could, they can implement some of this stuff too in the movies. Again, moving in that direction. So anyway, any other comments on Honor Majesty's Secret Service? No, not for me. Okay. No. All right, let's move on to another movie. Yeah. Live and let die. 1973. Wow, that was a long time ago. (laughs) And a very different movie. Yeah. Talk about how different this movie is and what's in there. Well, this is Roger's first film. We've got a voodoo, which we hadn't seen previously. And all the the tarot, and yeah. you got this double character of of Mr. Big Stroke Kananga. You know, with a lot of mystery. For me personally, I think Live and Let Die falls sort of in my mid table. I like it. Okay. But it's my if that's where it fits in my list of Bond films. It's a mid table Bond for me. But I think it's got some great gadgets, and my favourite is the Submariner watch. Oh, yeah. Because it's got so many different things. And I I recently met Madeline Smith, who plays Miss Caruso. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And she... um, I've always wanted to talk to her. We got to get her on the show. She's such... I've met her her twice, actually. Really? Um, Yeah, she's... She she had... um, she hated the blue dress that she wore for that scene. (laughs) Absolutely hated the design of it. Okay. And she spoke about how... When Roger uses the watch to unzip the dress, she actually had a group of crew underneath her dress <laughs> with, on, with a string pulling the, the zip down. And she said it was just chaotic. 
Yeah, I, very good. That'd be very, very uncomfortable. Good, very good memories. So that I, I, I really like the story, and I really like the the idea of of the watch because before that he got a digital watch, hadn't he? When he first when you first see him, yeah, and then, the, the digi- um, right, and the digital money, watch. Money Penny brings him a repaired watch from Q. Yeah, the digital watch at that yeah. time. Yeah, they were not that common. That was kind of brand yeah. new technology, so. They weren't really affordable for regular people at that time. So Bond here again was ahead of his time in having a digital watch. But the, the Rolex watch, the Submariner, that's cool. And <laughs> what it does, of course, it has the saw in there too, right? Yes, yeah. Which is kind of handy. <laughs> you always want a saw on your watch just in case you get tied up or whatever. And <laughs> the deflecting bullets part, that's a little hard to believe. <laughs> Yeah. That a watch would have a such a powerful magnet that it could deflect bullets. And so in reality, that's uh no. Okay, you can't believe that one. <laughs> so I'm gonna say I'm gonna deflect my opinion to Tom on that. I, oh. I, would, I would oh jeez. I would agree with you though. <laughs> yeah. But it's a cool gadget. And of course it comes in uh, handy, uh, the, the certainly the saw part. That's pretty yeah. cool. I was just going to say, linking in with the the digital watch and and not being affordable to sort of the the average Joe. I think we, we see we see Bond in his apartment, and of course he's got that coffee espresso yes. maker, which I'm I sure love not that. many people would have had that either, to be honest. And, and like M, he's like, is that all he can? Well, he's all he can do. Yeah, know? I love that. I love that. We're doing a <laughs> podcast now on the Ipcris file, and Michael Caine. He has a whole little process in the beginning of that film where he is making coffee with the the grinder and coffee press and all that so it's another little process with coffee and i was thinking the same thing that uh, <laughs> what i said is like is that all that does i mean just, just, i use yeah. a keurig machine and boom i get coffee in a minute it's nice yep. <laughs> ah, here we are talking about coffee again well hey check out spy coffees at spycoffees.com we drink it every day Veteran-owned small business using 100% Arabica beans. Round, whole bean, and K-cups, too. Shh! Get a 20% discount if you use our secret coupon code, SPYNAV, at checkout. That's S-P-Y-N-A-V. Right, so start your coffee caper right now. SpyCoffees.com. SPYNAV. Okay, Vicky, back to the gadgets. But it's interesting to see that Bond would have these these gadgets, these up-to-date gadgets, just in his own surroundings as well. Yeah, and because really in the books, in the novels, he didn't have that kind of money where he could have fancy stuff on his own. It was mostly, hey, I'm going to charge this to MI6 when he's out doing stuff with Beluga Caviar and <laughs> yeah. Perignon. Expensive, ho- <laughs> expensive hotels. <laughs> yeah, Yes. right. All right. When he's on the company's dime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we understand yeah. that. We worked for Microsoft, you know. <laughs> well, that actually reminds me of Quantum of, Quantum of Solace. Sorry to change films. But when Daniel Craig's Bond goes to the, the hotel that Strawberry Fields has booked him in and he, and he walks yes. completely back out and then goes to this big fancy one. <laughs> I just always find that quite amusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great we're moment teachers, in that film. the lottery. <laughs> That's a great moment in that film. We, we uh, have a two-part podcast with Roberto Schaefer, who was the director of photography for that movie. That was great talking to him. We we spent two hours with, with him. And yeah, he was so generous with his time. That yeah, was great. He, he was great. And a lot of people have liked those podcasts as well. So 
That was a fun movie that often doesn't get enough credit, obviously, Quantum. So mm-hmm. what about the coffin in the beginning of the movie? That's kind of a, a gadget. Were they in New Orleans? Yes. Live and let die of the coffin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, well, it's it's really good opening to the film. It's different. Mm-hmm. You've, got, you've got all this music, and it, it, you're not sure what's going to happen, and we haven't seen anything like it before, and... And then all of a sudden, then they're all dancing in the street, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's it's very, very different to the previous film. Yeah, you know, it's actually, start of a new era for a new Bond. Yeah, it's one of my favorite scenes in the film. I I like that one because three agents disappear. Here's one of them. You're gonna see it, yeah. and it's in New Orleans. And then this this coffin comes over the guy who's on the street. Whose funeral is it? Yours, bam! And, <laughs> and now he's on the street. And so they lower it, and you think, wow, this is kind of some kind of magical device that's snatching them up and so on. And maybe they have a button where they could press it and they snatch them up. So in, in real life, and, go ahead. <laughs> in real life, when they filmed it, the stuntman who was lying there had to grab handles on the inside of <laughs> the coffin and lift himself into it. Oh, hold himself there until they filmed it and walk away. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just think, boy, what a great funeral to have. You get guys parading down with the somber music and then getting kind of fun, fun with it. Yeah. Well, I the like fun, that. The funny thing about that scene to me is like, wow, did they get all of these people to conspire to kill this guy? Because <laughs> I mean, yeah. they do it and then they go on with the funeral. It's like, well, okay. It's hard to believe that, but... You could find that pole in New Orleans. It's still there. Or you could lean against the same pole he did. And the filet of soul place across the yes. street, the building is still there. You could still, I think, see some of the arches and stuff like that there. So Tom and I, we like to visit yes. <laughs> movie locations. Well, well, I do that in London because most of the yeah. locations are in London, aren't they? So I go on a, a movie tour twice last year I did. Of course, with everything going on, I've been able to do that this year. Yes. But yeah, to the various different locations, and particularly, which I think I showed before, the tobacco docks for The World's Not Enough. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that's cool. Yeah. Hey, if yeah. you have photos of those, that would be cool. Yeah, to... I have got some photos, yeah. Of, yeah, uh, we could share the, those. Um, um... Subway Silver came out of in yes. uh, Skyfall. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah all that, yeah. We do a walking tour. Mm-hmm. And then we, we meet some of the stars from the films of the evening. Yeah, we met Caroline Monroe like that at Dukes. Uh, I've met Caroline Monroe a while back. She is a delight, <laughs> isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she is lady. such a yeah. great lady. All right, oh, what about... Dukes was such a great place, too. I was going to say that one of my other favourite gadgets is the Felix Lighter, which is... <laughs> oh, yeah, what about that? <laughs> yeah, they just got to get that in there, haven't they? You know, he's just left the, the Philly to soul, and then he, he's talking to Felix through a, a, cig- <laughs> a cigarette lighter. And he, he says a genuine uh, a genuine Felix lighter illuminating. I just think they've just done that completely for the, the line, yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. The writers were having having fun with that one, and I think yeah. it's great. I mean, in terms of a gadget, what the hell? It's a cigarette lighter looking thing, but it, it was cool that they did that. I like when they bring things like that into the films. Some people yeah. hate that. They're like, ah, I'll leave it alone. I think it's fun when they do that kind of stuff or bring back yeah. the DB5 or whatever. Yeah. Yes, I know I do. I like that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Now, what about the poison dart in the side view mirror of Whisper's car? Uh, yeah. To me, I looked at that and I thought, well, yeah, you, you could rig up a mirror to do that. But it requires that the driver in the other car you're shooting at has his window down. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I thought, <laughs> wait, wait. Of course, it's 1973. Maybe you don't have air conditioning. Okay, in your car. But I thought, oh, okay, it's a cool gadget, but God, the guy's got his window up. You're in trouble. You can't use it. So I don't think it would penetrate glass. You? Yeah. I, I would doubt that. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, lining it up so perfectly, you know, it's... It was a great shot. Yeah. Very clever. Maybe there was a little electronic guidance system behind it. It's a Bond movie. <laughs> Uh, you have to su uh, suspend belief sometimes, don't you? Yes. <laughs> yeah, often, yeah. actually. And, and, and I think you, you, you should. With you have a lot more fun when you do. <laughs> well, that's the whole point, isn't it? It's about escapism. It's about coming away from the what's going on in the real world. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And immersing yourself in this, it's an escape. You know, in this world of spies and <laughs> yeah. gadgets. Yeah, it's an escape. So I'm the so here the concept of a poison dart. Obviously, that's that's easy. It's uh, a <laughs> yeah, we can believe that. I mean, they're blowguns from eons ago that have been used that have poison darts and so on. So yeah, yeah hunting animals. They have, they have one in the coconut head as well, don't they? Yes, yes they do. Yes, they yeah, yes. right. That's mm. a good point. They got their money's worth out of that device. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, what else is in there? They've got a couple other gadgets in this thing. You got the bug detector, I think, Bond has in his shaving kit. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Airbrush transmitter or something. Yeah, it's oh, not... Oh, yeah, that thing was really, I thought, pretty lame. <laughs> yeah, it's not interesting today, for sure. Yeah. No. I always like how Bond, when he, when he goes in, when he's been introduced to a new hotel, he always goes around the room and checks behind paintings and yeah, yeah, yeah. In like, like, I always always wait for that because that happened in a lot of a lot of the early films, particularly Sean's. Yeah, and, right. and then it sort of went off into Rogers, but you don't see it so much now, do you? Some no, you don't, and because they probably have uh, built-in bug detectors in the lapels of their suits and stuff like that, so they. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's but probably all. I, I miss it that what that they don't do that because uh, to me, as you're if you're a spy, it can't all be your gadgets. You got to be looking to see how the other side is working. Yeah. And when these guys do that yeah. in, in there, I actually think it's a great realism piece to it that sometimes just goes away in the Bond films. Go ahead. I think, it, is it Sean who puts the hair? Yes. yes. What film's that Sean, now? Sean does he that. He puts yes. the hair, doesn't he? The hair yeah. to see, to make sure nothing's disturbed yeah. and it is. Yeah. I, I, that one always bewilders me. <laughs> Yeah. I like oh, well. that. It's simple. <laughs> it's simple and it works. Of course, yeah. if it fell off, well, okay, then. <laughs> yeah, well. How much spit can you put on there? You know, to hold yeah. it for a while. Anyway, but bug detectors, that was certainly a, a thing in the 70s. And actually today, you could buy devices like this yourself to find mm -hmm. bugs in rooms and stuff like that. And it, they, I've seen some in the shape of a pen where you could just do that. So. Morris code hairbrush. Well, that wasn't so high tech. Yeah, sending Morris, yeah. sending Morris code. Not, uh, not. That was not my favorite Bond gadget bond no, ever. No. And like you say, when they're looking behind paintings and stuff, I always thought, wait a minute, there's like eight paintings on the wall there. And you look behind one. <laughs> That's just how I think. <laughs> All right, let's move on. What else we um, got here? The... I suppose you've got the the gas pellet for the the big the big death of yeah uh, 
Mr. Pinkalanga, which watching that as a kid was like, whoa, this is like, but like now, I mean, it does look quite sort of, it's just quite funny now, really, in a way, but it's it's nostalgic to to sort of remember it when you watched, you know, when you when you used to watch when you were younger, really. Yeah. Um, is that feasible? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I don't know. What, what do you think? I Certainly you could have expanding gas pellets, I'm sure you could do that. And whether you could do it in a miniature thing like that, oh, yeah, who knows? I don't know. But probably possible. Believable? Mm. Yeah, you know, okay, yeah, we could probably say. I, I think the results of it might not be believable, but the fact that you could have an expanding gas thing would be. Yeah. yeah, and how did he trigger the device after he swallowed it, that it made it explode? I, that, that always bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you fire it out of a gun and it hits something, you can say, okay, there there you go. Like when he blew up the uh, couch with Whisper yeah. on it. You know, so, so that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Of course, we had to kind of look this up a little bit. And it was a unique device, even for a Bond film. But in real life, if you look up wasp gas injection knife, yeah, you stick the knife into something and press Why the... didn't I think to put that search into Google? Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I did. <laughs> you press a button and a CO2 gas is released inside whatever it is you stab. Boom! So, hey, it's not that far-fetched, right? And they have a great demo of that in PCMag.com review here where they do it in a watermelon. <laughs> it's boom! So, okay, that's, that's kind of kind of cool. All right, what else we got in there? Well, we got the restraining chair, of course, when Bond is clamped gets clamped into the chair. I guess that's a gadget of sort. Yeah. And... Do we class the tarot cards as a gadget for solitaire? Yes. In a way. <laughs> <think> so, yeah. <laughs> Without it really sort of doing anything, it, it's, it's her gadget. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that, that's that, how she I thought, controls things. I thought that was good. That was good little setup there with the cards and with the chair and so on. And I, I think when Kananga's questioning him and he gets locked in the chair, it's kind of a neat scene. And you could say, I I could believe it a little bit. It's possible. But, you know, why would you put your arms on the chair like that? You're a spy. You should know better than that. (laughs) It's like when everyone, Tom and I were talking before, when anyone says, can I have a cigarette first? The answer should be no. (laughs) I cannot. You might shoot a rocket-propelled grenade at me through a cigarette. Who knows? I'm not going to do it. All right. Oh, I suppose another one would be, and I think a particularly underrated henchman is Tihi with his prosthetic yeah. arm, which he uses yeah. as a weapon. Uh, yeah, I, I really like uh, that character. I think he's very underrated. I think I think there are some brilliant characters in that particular film. Yeah, um, Tihi. I think, yeah, I like Tihi, and I liked his prosthetic arm. Of course, that was... That's real. Yeah. Even knights in medieval time had some rudimentary prosthetic limbs and stuff. So, yeah, okay, that's all believable. And I like the character. He was a good character. And I think in the book, Tihi dies as Bond escapes from that meeting. I think he shoots Tihi in the book and Tihi dies. But I'm glad he didn't in the movie because he's a good character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. I love him at the alligator farm. He's he's really <laughs> yes. good there when he's feeding the great. alligators. That's, uh, that's a great scene. Yeah, that's a great scene. And I guess that place is still around. Now, the guy who owned it, the alligator farm, which not really is a gadget, it was a real alligator farm. Uh, his name was Kananga. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. So, so they, they threw his name in there for the, for the villain. That's, that's kind of nice. So the guy lives on. Uh, all right. So what else we got? We got a lot of other stuff in there. I think, like you mentioned, the coconut head shooting the, the yeah. darts. That's 
that's cool and that's that's believable i think you could say yeah sure you can believe yeah, that's that totally be able to do that yeah yeah the paraglider that, oh, yeah. that that's yeah. that's easy to believe if you saw the guy paragliding onto your island or whatever you you could certainly shoot him rather easily but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they didn't do that so anyway yeah. he, he got away with that so that's that's pretty good so i think that's good for the two films for now and we had a nice discussion about it and it was fun having vicky co-host the show with us we're gonna have vicky back on the show again we love her enthusiasm for the spy movie genre especially bond thanks vicky so tune in again to hear more from vicky in future podcasts this has been tom Pizzato and dan silvestri and vicky hodges from spymovienavigator.com please tell your friends about our show and most importantly subscribe to our cracking the code of spy movies through your favorite podcast app. We appreciate it. Tell us what country you're listening from via Twitter at Spy Navigator. 